Thanks for listening to the Campus Collective Podcast. As always, we pray that this resource is a helpful supplement for you as a follower of Jesus and as an active member in your local church. We love God's design for His church, and we believe that this resource could never substitute the incredible things that come from active involvement with a community of believers. Campus Collective is a ministry of Huntington Community Church. To learn more, visit our website at HuntingtonCommunityChurch.com. Hello and welcome back to the Campus Collective Podcast, 95 Meditations Through Colossians. We're on Truth 52 today. We've come a long way. I'm your host, Andrew Callahan, as usual, and I'm here for the second day of the week with Anthony Henderson. Anthony, what do you have to share with us? Oh, man. Um, We're in verse 18 uh, today of Colossians chapter 2. Paul writes, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on aestheticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Um, the, the big truth that stands out to me in this and what we were talking about before we started recording, uh, just this idea that aestheticism, you know, he uses worship of angels, so like having these hyper-spiritual experiences going on about details, uh, about visions, all they serve to do is to, to puff us up. Um, I think a lot of times we, we want to turn to, our, our flesh wants to turn to religious experiences in order to validate our standing with God. Um, but what Paul's saying is that in the end, it, it, it really is just puffing us up, this kind of like empty emptiness that it's, it's, it's leaving us with at the end of the day. It's not really changing anything. It's just giving us an appearance of, mm-hmm. of being wise. You know, what I, I love what Paul kind of hits on when he talks about these things. Like, uh, when I look at the word aestheticism, for example, I, I typically see that word associated with, like, monastic movements or, like, uh, maybe, like, Buddhism. You mm. might have heard of the Buddhist practice of, of aestheticism wherein somebody, uh, typically somebody who is regarded as a highly spiritual person, depraves themselves of as much indulgence as they can. So they they will survive on literally as little food as possible. Uh, I read a book called Siddhartha, actually, uh, while I was an undergraduate. It talks about sort of his experience uh, as kind of like a, a, I believe it was in the Buddhist religion, when he simply tries to learn to live on little to no food and then little to no water, sort of separation, separating oneself from the world. Um, it, you would think there is some sort of wisdom to that, I guess, which is, I guess, what Paul talks about when he says they have an appearance of wisdom, because you're like, wow, that takes a lot of discipline. And I bet that actually might be effective for making us uh, better spiritual people, better Christians even, because we are able to say no to all of these things. And I love what he says there. It says, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. And so it's kind of a, uh, maybe a doubly dangerous thing. Uh, It's almost more dangerous to be severely disciplined and not, and still not saved than it is to be really undisciplined and not saved because at least in the for, in the latter case you have a sense of your lack of of virtue your a sense of your lack of uh, holiness but on the other case you seem to be very religious to yourself and what it does is it actually puffs up your self righteousness mm-hmm. it puffs it you might be great at saying no to uh, gluttony for example but what you've you've while you've starved that desire you have merely fed or puffed up your desire. Uh, to rely on yourself, your own good works and such. Yeah, it's really just masking the problem. Um, like you, you miss out on on the gospel. I, I, 
the gospel doesn't call us to, and it, it can be intense for Christians. I don't, I don't think the gospel calls us to hold to these strict practices where we are fasting one time a week and reading through the Bible in a year. And not that those things aren't aren't good; those are great things. But I think sometimes we can hold on to those things and be severe and we're like okay the more miserable that i am in doing this right now like the more god must love me when like in reality i mean jesus has done everything for you and you don't have to punish yourself with like this asceticism like just that picture of like monks that you said like they would whip themselves to do like penance Mm -hmm. because they're like if i if i whip myself enough or i really beat myself up about it like god will finally forgive me like we're so free to do the disciplines and um, have master over our flesh that we don't have to do those things that are purposely making ourselves uncomfortable. Hmm. Where would you say, so in our in our climate, I should say our culture, where it says they're going on in detail about visions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't hear a lot of talk about visions. I, I suppose in some more charismatic movements, this might be the case, but do you kind of see sort of a, um, a one-to-one correlation in our culture, uh, maybe our like Baptist culture, maybe about people who may be going on in detail about visions. Like, what does that look like for us? Yeah, I think going on about visions in like our twenty twenty one culture is is really people promoting things as truth that aren't necessarily true. Um, things that are, I guess, for lack of a better word, like fake news. And, and that could be like both sides of the political spectrum. <laughs> um, but but just going on about like just this like stalwart like defense of these things that really don't make you a better person one way or the other. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you can be like any of the Facebook conspiracies on the right to all of the self-truth seeking on the left. Like... Both of them, at the end of the day, like if they're not grounded in the gospel, kind of turn into just puffed up without reason. I hmm. guess. You I think, think of any specific examples? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's really helpful for me, even understanding it. I think that um, the whole aspect there, where it talks about going on in detail about all these visions, I, I think that he's right in assessing. Well, of course he's right, but I mean, I can see clearly how he's right in assessing that this serves only to puff them up. Uh, because, I mean, imagine you can kind of picture someone there speaking as a, re- a religious figure going on in these great details about these spiritual experiences. That's something you said earlier. You know, I think that also happens uh, in our time. People who uh, who root their, um, their stance before God in these exciting testimonies of, of religious experience, I guess. Um, and just all the details, man. It's like things that you don't find in the Bible— uh, what this really does is makes the speaker or this person who has, who has these visions appear to be sort of somebody with secret wisdom. It's kind of mm-hmm. I think it's called Gnosticism. You know, I'm not perfectly familiar with the term, but it's you know I do think I see that in our time. I appreciate kind of what the insight you gave us into the word, into the kind of the, the modern application of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, our our culture is especially college culture. People listening to this are probably college students, Campus Collective. It's just saturated with so many different schools of thought that are claiming to be wise or, or claiming to have the truth, whether that's religious or irreligious. Like, you know, Both of them are missing the point hmm. without, without the gospel, without 
Christ without knowing who they are and their sin before Him, like none of it fixes anything. At hmm. the end of the day, it's just empty. Yeah, up. and it's not about God's authority. At the end of the day, these visions they're talking about only serve to promote their own authority mm-hmm. as religious leaders. Yeah, guys, I, I thank you for tuning in today to the podcast. I hope that this episode or this installment has given you pause to sort of consider uh, just the foolishness of sort of the false teachings that we see in our own time and the type of false teachings that Paul here condemns. They disqualify us. Uh, At the end of the day, anything which would have us rely on anything uh, outside of the authority of Christ or the, the work of Christ, the promises of Christ, these things are disqualifiers. Anything which would tell us, jump over this hurdle or do not touch, do not handle, such so forth and so on. These things disqualify us because we must only be qualified by virtue of the promises, not by the will of man or by any authority given unto man, such as these detailed visions uh, or any secret teaching that anyone would present to us. So let's let's be wise as we consider uh, who we let be influences in our own lives. I thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue our series, 95 Meditations Through Colossians. Amen.